Deep pattern, downfield, touchdown Miami. What a throw, Devontae Parker. Holy smokes, what a drive. What is up, Dolph fans, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and on today's show, we have a very special guest, one of the Dolphins players, long snapper Blake Ferguson is jumping in, riding shotgun here on this edition of Drive Time. We're going to talk about draft day for him last year, watching the draft this year, one season removed from when he had that famous draft call on draft day. And we'll also discuss his new podcast, After the Snap, with Reed and Blake Ferguson. Of course, his brother, Reed Ferguson, is the long snapper up in Buffalo. All of that and more on this fun edition of the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. And joining me now is the long snapper for your Miami Dolphins. Number 44, long snapper Blake Ferguson. Blake, this is your third drive time appearance, man. I think that's the most by any current Dolphin. Welcome back in, man. Hey, thanks. I'm uh, I'm what they call a recurring guest now. <laughs> You're going to show I'm, up I'm, in the Apple description pretty soon here. Let's do it. I'll be an I'll be an author on the on the podcast. <laughs> perfect, a perfect uh, secondary host or whatever we're going to call it. But you're getting your reps in here. And before we you know start talking about the excellent podcast you and your brother have just launched after the snap with Reed and Blake Ferguson, let's catch up. I wanted to ask you how your draft weekend was this time around without all the stress and anxiety of waiting around for that phone to ring. How was that for you? It was a lot less stressful for sure. It was a lot of fun getting to see who we, you know, picked up and, and kind of talking to some of my teammates about who we thought that we would take next and just getting to follow along with it was was cool from this, you know, this side of things. So uh, certainly a lot less stressful for sure. You got more Bama guys in the locker room now to kind of ramp up that rivalry. Hey, I'm cool with it as long as it's the SEC. We know <laughs> that go. that's the best football. That is very true. It's just different down there. <laughs> we we got to talk about that draft call, though, man, because that reaction was one of the greatest, most genuine moments of emotion I've seen. Uh, just They posted it to social, I think, the day before the draft or the day of. Walk us through that phone call, man. Yeah, it was it was a special moment. You know, I, I, I posted it on my uh, – actually, on my TikTok account, um, and – it's, you know, it gained some traction there and it was truly just raw uncut footage of that moment. And I tried to be as transparent as possible with that because there's such a roller coaster of emotion when you are waiting on your name to be called and when you're waiting on that phone call. And for all of those emotions to kind of come together all at the same time, it it really is a special moment and, and one that I was glad to be able to share with my family, though it was just my immediate family due to COVID. I was, you know, I, I was super, super happy and super just excited to be able to share that with them. I could watch those draft calls all day long. The coach, the GM, the owner, the player getting excited. It just, it, it checks off all the boxes of what makes football great and the excitement and the joy that it brings all of us as fans and players and the like. Um, but, you know, here you are in your first, I guess, full off season as a member of the Miami Dolphins. How's it going for you, man? Like, what's what's a typical day like for you in the off season? I'm sure you got workouts and things you go through. Walk us through a typical day here in, uh, in mid-May. It's so different from anything that I've ever done because – 
in the off season in high school and college, you're still in school. Like you're still on campus. You're still doing workouts and everything is so structured. And then you get to the NFL, your first off season, you're like, wow, I have way too much time. <laughs> and you know, you, you, I'm an, I'm an early riser. I, I get up and I'm, I'm, you know, doing my workouts at, at seven. I'm with the seven o'clock group that, that goes. And so I'm done by eight 30 in the morning. And then, you know, we don't have meetings until later on in the afternoon. And so I have time between workouts and, and meetings that I usually am trying to do something productive around the house or whatever. And then, uh, after meetings and stuff is over, then I have more free time on my hands to do basically anything that I want to do. And so um, this is the most free time that I've ever had in my life. And, you know, I've, I've tried to take advantage of it by getting into some uh, just some fun stuff. And, you know, I, I am in South Florida, so I bought a, a rod and reel to go and, and fish some of the, the local ponds and stuff around and uh, just try to occupy my time as, as best I can, but it, it's, it's been fun. Do you, do you go fishing with any of the teammates you have here in Miami or, or where are some good spots you go to maybe that you can talk about here on the podcast mm-hmm. without giving away your secrets? We don't want to get, you know, your, your favorite spot, you know, crowded or whatever, but where are some good spots yeah. and do you take anybody out there with you? Yeah, we, um, so, so Matt Collins likes to go, um, Rex Sinahara, who's, uh, the other snapper who he was on the practice squad last year. And then uh, Reed Sinet, Malcolm Perry, some of those guys like to come along sometimes. And so, um, I mean, we really just stay around the Davie area. There's tons of little ponds, pe- catch some peacock bass and some largemouth and stuff like that. And um, I haven't found I haven't found my honey hole yet, but I'm, I'm I'm working on it. There's a little pond right outside my apartment here that I'm recording this podcast from, where there's this little kid like once or twice a week he's out there fishing he's got like eight fish stacked up i'm like damn that kid is feeding his whole family going he's out here fishing that's he's, awesome he's killing it man but uh let's go ahead and get into to the reason you're on the podcast today you you and your brother reed if you guys aren't familiar reed ferguson long snapper for the buffalo bills uh obviously brother of blake ferguson here started a new podcast after the snap i want to go ahead and start there what is the podcast like what's the what's your guys's focus with the podcast so our focus with the pod is basically to tell our story we have a very unique outlook on life just because we have a weird position that not a lot of people know about. We're two brothers in the NFL playing that same position. And, you know, we, we just have a cool perspective on life in the NFL. And so uh, we want to tell that story. And we have some cool friends that we think would be interesting interviews on the, on the pod. We're hoping to get Justin Herbert on soon. He's a, he's a buddy of mine that I, uh, that I met, you know, along the way. And I think he's going to be one of our first guests. Uh, last week we had the two drafted long snappers from this past NFL draft on the pod. And, and so we just, you know, we have a cool uh, perspective, at least we think on what life in the NFL is like. And so we want to share that with our listeners. I do want to get to that second episode here in a minute, but let's go ahead and start with your first episode. So as you know, Blake, I'm tight with your producer. Chris Kruger does an awesome job with audio engineering. He's made all the intros I used to use for my old Locked On Dolphins podcast I did. He clipped off the, that's another Miami Dolphins first down sound drop we use here on this podcast at the top. And he's the one who told me to ask you about Hype City on our very first podcast back when you were drafted. So I know the story of the first episode, Kick the Door In, 
but our audience has to hear it. So without spoiling the first episode of the podcast, tell us the kick the door in story or maybe tease it for us. Yeah, basically, so producer Chris, he's he's unbelievable, been a great friend of our families. He actually, so we, we've known producer Chris since I was little. I He used to keep... He used to keep the scoreboard at our like youth basketball games when we were when we were growing up growing up in Georgia, and so we've known him we've known him for a long time and um, and he's been he's been so good and and has really done a great job with our podcast and so he and Reed actually lived together in Reed's first year to two years in Buffalo, and Reed was just living in his guest room and. There was one day where Reed was going to be late to meetings and had left the house and had to go pick up donuts and coffee and stuff on the way to meetings. And he left his keys in the apartment and the story kind of tells itself. He ended up uh, having to use his emergency method of getting in the door. (laughs) And uh, it it has made for some funny laughs throughout the year, the past couple of years, but um, yeah, you can listen to the, you can listen to the first episode and, and hear the rest of the story, but it's, it, it definitely has made for, for lots of laughs. And we figured that that was a good start to our podcasting career. So without spoiling it further, you talk about his emergency method of, of entering this locked apartment door. Has he done it before? Was that the first time? No, no. So that was that he had no other way of getting in the door. He tried <laughs> everything. He tried, he tried calling everybody. I think, I think that uh, Chris was at work or something because he works some funny hours sometimes. And so he just did what he had to do and kicked the door in. And, you know, it, it, it was a funny thing because the, the landlord, like they taught, they called the landlord and were like super apologetic and the landlord just laughed at him (laughs) and was like, this, you know, he, he fixed the, fixed the door. And I don't think he ever even charged Reed for the, for the repair, but, um, no, that was not, or I guess, yes, that was the first time that he had done that. And, um, you know, thankfully he was able to make it to meetings on time because the, uh, the $200 potential door repair would have been a lot cheaper than a $14,000 fine for being late to meetings. <laughs> not to mention the possible repercussions of maybe that's the day you piss off coach and you wind up getting cut and maybe you never get to the, to the position he's in now where he's one of the best in the league. So exactly. it's, you know, undrafted exactly. and long snapping. It's a, it's a tough road. So it's, yeah, that, that, uh, not only do you get to do the Spartan kick, but you get a, you know, a much, a much bigger reduction on your cost there. Now, 100%. <laughs> you, you talked about that second episode where you guys talked to other drafted long snappers. I have to imagine that was fun for you, but did you guys cover that story? I think it was the Panthers long snapper who was on the phone with, was Matt rule. And, and they were kind of saying like, Hey, we're going to come get you. And he was thinking undrafted. Like I got to figure my options out. And he's like, no dude, we're drafting you. Did you guys touch on that? Oh, 100%. That was, that was one of the first things we asked him about because it went, the video went viral and everybody seemingly saw that video. And, and so, yeah, you're right. He was, he was thinking that, you know, the Panthers were calling him to do, to work out an undrafted deal. And, and coach rule was like, no, like we just drafted you, like you're a Panther now. And that's, that's when all of those same emotions hit Thomas in the same way that they hit me last year. And like I said, that's an unbelievable experience, unbelievable moment. And, and you have no idea what it feels like unless you're actually in it. And 
um, he said he, you know, he blacked out for, for a minute and, <laughs> and then he kind of came, came to, and, and I think I'm sure you remember interviewing me right after that had happened. I think I still have tears in my eyes. And <laughs> so I would imagine that, that he went through something similar, but yeah, we definitely, we definitely touched on that one. You can't top it. It's, it's the best man. So the, after the snap podcast, you guys are two episodes in, but I want to go back to the beginning, Blake, cause I think it's. The, the beauty of this podcast and of you and your brother's story is growing up together and, and making it to the NFL. And I have to imagine that only magnified the brother to brother rivalry when you guys were kids. Cause Blake, all my brother and I did, he was three years older than me. I think that's the same for you guys, right? Three years. Yes. Three years, it's three years of separation. All we did was compete, whether it was basketball, football, wiffle ball, street hockey, video games, board games. It didn't matter. We were cutthroat everything we did. So for you guys, do you have a rivalry in a sport or an event that was like the hottest of all the rivalries? We, to this day, go back and forth over the Red Sox and the Yankees. <laughs> Perfect. Reed played on the Yankees Little League team for a year or two. He was, his, his team was the Yankees, and I think he wore number nine and was Roger Maris or somebody. And, and so he became a huge Yankees fan. And me being the little brother that I am was like, all right, I'll be a Red Sox fan. And so to this day, I was texting with him earlier to this day, we still get in heated arguments, sometimes privately, sometimes on Twitter or whatever it is over the Red Sox and the Yankees. Fortunately, the Red Sox are having a lot better year this year than the Yankees are. And so I get a little bit of the upper hand, but that's probably our most intense rivalry that is that is carried throughout the years. I was always doing that to him. He was whatever he was cheering, whatever team he was cheering for, I was pulling against them. If it was North Carolina basketball, I was pulling for Duke. If it was <laughs> if he was watching the Ohio State football game, I was watching the the Michigan, uh, you know, I was pulling for Michigan. And it just that was just what I did. I was the little brother and so I had to you know, kind of pick at him a little bit. And for whatever reason, the Red Sox and the Yankees have stuck. And, you know, we've been to, we've been to a Red Sox, Red Sox Yankees game before, and it, it has only amplified, you know, that, that better rivalry between us, but it, uh, it's made for some fun, for some fun trash talk throughout the years. Yeah. The younger brother, you got to get your jabs in any way you can get them, especially when 100%. you're, when you're physically outmatched and the a younger age, and maybe eventually you overtake them physically. And we'll talk about that here in just one second, but first, who's your favorite all-time Red Sox? Dustin Pedroia. Love it. Such a great answer. I mean, guy... It used to be like, that used to be, you know, I have, I still have my PD Jersey. Like I had his, you know, his biography on, on the bookshelf behind me, like it's, that's my guy. And, and then obviously David Ortiz, big poppy. Big poppy. So, yeah. I was, I, a, uh, I was a I'd love to guy. meet both of them. Reed, Reed has actually met David Ortiz and it is still one of the most jealous things. <laughs> one of the most jealous states I've ever been in. Uh, when, when I received the photo of them together. Oh, but man. we will uh, we will we will move on from that. <laughs> Dude, there's there's an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I'm not sure if you watch it or if you're familiar. Where uh, Mac is a big Chase Utley fan, and then Dennis is the one that gets to go meet him, and he sends the photo to him, and it's like this whole thing. It reminds me exactly of that. That's perfect. Yeah, um, exactly. Was there a time that you can distinctly remember, like whether it was tears or just extremely emotional, where it got really heated? Whether it was again, maybe it was a Red Sox Yankees game, maybe it was Mario Kart, whatever the hell it was. Was there a time where it just got really, really heated that you remember distinctly? I don't know that we ever like 
really got into I mean I'm sure we did I'm sure my if you had my mom on the pod she would say something completely different but honestly I don't really recall like physically us getting you know throwing punches at each other because I knew that three being three years younger than him I was not going to beat him in a in a fist fight he was going to beat me every time he was always bigger than me and so I, I got my I got my jabs in where I could and you know we were we were kind of civil around that but I'm sure over a over a game of you know MLB the show or Madden or something throughout the years I'm sure we've um, maybe baseball in the backyard we used to we used to trash talk pretty good out there but I I tried not to get too too physical with him because I know that I knew he would just you know, beat me up and down. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. But you mentioned being three years younger and, you know, back to my, me and my brother, I will never, ever forget the time it was street hockey of all things. Like the, the thing we did the least was the first time I beat him in something. The first time the puck hit the back of the net to secure my first W and anything I ever did against him, I skated up and down that street, breaking out every dance move I knew, just real respectful and victory. Do you remember the first time that you beat him in something and whatever, I do. Like, whatever it was, yeah. like walk us through that moment. I do. It was driveway basketball. Hell yeah. <laughs> and I had, so I, I was always the basketball player of the family. My brother was a really good baseball player. Um, and then obviously we both played football, but uh, basketball was my thing. And, and though he was, you know, he was three years older than me. So for a long time, he would, you know, though he wasn't as good of a basketball player, he was still able to beat me because he was bigger and taller and could block my shots. But there came a time where I learned the Dirk Nowitzki fadeaway um, elbow elbow shot, and he couldn't he couldn't block that, and so that was I I finally beat him, and I did the same thing. I think I ran inside and was running up the stairs yelling at mom to to congratulate me because I had just beat Reed in basketball for the first time like ever. But uh, yeah, that was that that one I will always remember because I he would always beat me in everything video games, baseball, football. He was, you know, he he would he would be just be better at better than me at everything. And then I was able to beat him in, in basketball. And um, he still has a pretty good upper hand on on the on the video game stuff. I, I don't really play video games much, but um, but the bat the backyard or the driveway basketball was was the one I was able to pull off. If I if I had a nickel for every time my brother thought that the controller was the reason he lost to me in a game of Madden, I'd be a rich man. So it's, Lots it's of a, broken controllers throughout <laughs> the years, for sure. <laughs> Throw those into the wall, whatever it might be. you got to find something to take that anger out on. Now, exactly. now again, you know, back to my, my personal relationship, our relationships with our brothers and siblings evolve as you get older. How would you say your guys' relationship has evolved as you go through, you know, high school, college, into professional football? What's it like now? Is it different, kind of the same, or how has it evolved? Yeah, it's uh, we've gotten closer throughout the years. We we've always been really close, just because we were two boys who loved the same things, and we were, you know, basketball playing, football playing, fools, and and that's all we wanted to do. And so we were all, we've always been close, but I think we really got close like my freshman year of high school, right before he was about to leave. He was a senior in high school. He was about to leave to go to college, and we knew that you know, this time where, you know, he was always able to look out for me and, and sort of, he, he was, he was the brother that's, that said, 
I can talk trash to my little brother, but you can't talk trash to my little brother. Um, we kind of knew that that time was coming to an end. And so that was when we sort of got closer. And, um, you know, as the years have gone on, I was able to reconnect with him at LSU for a year or for a semester, I guess, one, one football season, which was really special for both of us. And now that we are both in the NFL, Fortunately, we've been, I, I was drafted into the same division as, as he plays in. And so we get to play each other twice a year and we talk every day and, and, you know, we're, we're always able to, um, you know, encourage one another and trash talk when, when necessary. So um, it, it's something that is a special relationship for both of us to be able to do the same thing for a living and, you know, be able to have fun doing it and, you know, it's just, it, we, we feel like it's a cool uh, experience to just be able to share together. I'm hoping you can jog my memory here because I think we talked about it on the podcast you did back in like November, December, when we talked about JDRF, which we'll get to here in just one second. And I told you that in the week two game in Miami, I was walking up to the, the media entrance and I bumped into uh, three or four people that had the split Ferguson jerseys on, the Bills and Dolphins. And I I want to say it was like your your family dentist. Am I wrong? It was our it was our chiropractor. Chiropractor. I think our that was my guest last time too. But yeah, they yeah. were there. Yeah, yeah. We um, yeah. They they they've been great to us, and they've been treating Reed and myself, and actually our parents since I think since I was in like sixth grade. But uh, yeah, the JDRF thing is it's going great. They're they're an unbelievable organization who I've been working with for years and. They, so the, the South Florida chapter of JDRF actually reached out to me following my, uh, the, my, my cleats, my cause, uh, week. And I was able to participate in their spring, uh, gala where they were raising money. And, um, you know, I was able to kind of share my story with them and with their supporters and donors here in, in the South Florida area. And I'm looking forward to spending some more time with them and, and getting to be able to do more with them here in the, here in the future. And you also were able to give some cleats to a young fan, right? Yeah. So, um, there was a little girl who saw, um, my, she saw my cleats on social media and her name is Ava and Ava became like my biggest fan. She, um, would you know she would rep me on social media and and just wanted you know she wanted a Blake Ferguson jersey for Christmas and and so she ended up getting a um, she ended up getting a Blake Ferguson jersey and a Blake Ferguson there was like a hoodie that was like customized with my number and name on the back and stuff for Christmas and and I saw that video I came across that video and she was crying like she opened it up and she had tears in her eyes because she's also type one diabetic. And it meant so much to her, you know, to have somebody in the NFL that um, would take the time to, I signed a Jersey for her for Christmas and, um, and she, she loved it. She absolutely loved it. And so uh, I saw the video and, and we decided that we wanted to do something special for her. So the dolphins and I were able to, um, customized some shoes for her, some Air Force Ones, and they had the Dolphins logo, and the, um, there's a couple of 
type one diabetes references on there. And I put, you know, we put my number on there. And so um, we just thought that that was a, a cool gesture to be able to support her because that's a big reason why I do what I do and in, in playing in the NFL is to be able to use this platform to show everybody around me that diabetes can't hold you back. And, you know, there were people when I was coming along that showed that to me and I want to show that to others. That's, that's the whole point of sports right there, man. Using the platform to give back. It's, it's really commendable, Brick. Awesome stuff. I appreciate you sharing that story. It is the yeah. Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. For those of you that were wondering what JDRF is, uh, Blake, how can the people get involved with that? Yep. So I have, I actually have JDRF's uh, link in my bios of both my Instagram and my Twitter. You can go there, you can donate, you can, um, I've actually considered um, creating my own team. They do walks every so often um, in different parts of the country. And so I've actually cr considered creating my own team for, uh, for one of the walks. Uh, so that may be coming up in the future. But yeah, if you want to donate to JDRF, you can find it in my in my um, bios of either of my Twitter or my Instagram. It's just JDRF.org. They're an unbelievable organization, and they have done a lot for me and a lot for others who are dealing with the same thing I am. Fantastic stuff, man. We did do a podcast last December, I think it was, and I'll go ahead and reshare that link on the promotion of this podcast of Drive Time so people can go back and hear your full story because I think it's very worth going back and checking out and getting to know you personally, Blake. It's, it's been a lot of fun. The After the Snap podcast with Blake and Reed Ferguson, second-year Dolphins long snapper, Blake Hype City himself. Appreciate your time today, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, man. And there he goes, your Dolphins long snapper, Blake Ferguson. Fun podcast with him. Definitely check out After the Snap. It's on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. Great stories from a couple of really funny, great dudes in Reed and Blake Ferguson. As for my time on this edition of Drive Time, that's going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. Go ahead and leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank and the Audible podcast with Seth and OJ and John and Bo. And of course, MiamiDolphins.com. All the rookie written profiles available for you up on the website. Until next time, fins up.